By your leave, O Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. These are some of the last words our Lord spoke to his disciples before he went to his crucifixion and death. Evidently, they express a truth that he wanted especially to impress upon his friends, so that when he was gone, they would remember what he had said and not despond or despair. His purpose, then, was to encourage not to frighten or dismay. But of course, we only need encouragement when things aren't looking good. And so Jesus says, he does not try to conceal the fact, but he rather openly admits it, that in the world you will have tribulation. This is a solemn warning, and on one level, its meaning is perfectly clear. It means that although we have thrown in our lot with Christ, we are not therefore exempt from the problems and tragedies of the human condition. We, just as much as unbelievers, must suffer pain and sickness, loss and betrayal, disappointment and misfortune, weakness and weariness, aging and death. The whips and scorns of time and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to These are ours to bear as well. By God's grace, we bear them very differently than do unbelievers, but we still bear them. Miracles, of course, are only the exceptions that prove this role, this rule, and temporary exceptions at that. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus still had to die. Why then, we might ask, did Jesus raise him from the dead at all? Well, it certainly wasn't to make us hope that he would spare us from all earthly sufferings, or that he would fix all of our earthly problems. Rather, it was to strengthen our faith. Yes, to strengthen our faith, not to make it unnecessary. Far from dispensing with the need for faith, miracles require faith. And they require it precisely because they are inadequate. Jesus calls them signs. 
implying that they point to something infinitely greater than the relief or help they bring in our present distress. If we fail to see them as signs, we have completely missed the point. We're like the child who greedily takes his gift and then ignores the person who gave it to him. No, there is no getting away from it. Even miracles do not change the fact that in this world we will have tribulation. But of course, Jesus is saying much more than this. He's saying that above and beyond the troubles that are endemic to the human condition, there will be troubles that come to you precisely because you're a Christian. These will be troubles that unbelievers do not experience, and they will not be insignificant. After all, the root meaning of the Greek word that we translate as tribulation or trouble is crushing. That's right. In the world, you will be crushed. And you will be crushed because, not in spite of the fact, that you are following Jesus. This is an extremely important truth for us to remember, especially today, when the prospect of suffering for our faith is still fairly remote, even if it's not as remote as it was, say, two or three generations ago. In times of security, it is easy to slip into the habit of regarding our faith as the natural accompaniment of an easy and peaceful life. When in fact, the true tendency of our faith is to make this world a very uncomfortable place for us. The danger of this complacent attitude, which we usually do not realize we have, is that when suffering and affliction do come our way, and come they must, we quickly lose heart. We say to ourselves, I guess God doesn't care about me, or I guess there is no God, or I guess I just haven't said the right prayers, or perhaps most destructively of all, I guess I'm just not good enough as if God's love were something we could earn and not a freely given gift. We fail even to consider that suffering and affliction and failure may have come to us precisely because we are doing something right. Precisely because we are following in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, 
For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. To keep us from getting discouraged, then, Jesus is saying, Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you say my name and all you get from the world is an icy look or a cold shoulder. Don't be surprised when the world looks down on you for being religious. When people think little of you for being meek and humble. When they make fun of you for refusing to participate in their immorality. When they call you a hypocrite or a hater or a bigot when they misrepresent you or vilify you, when they throw you in prison or kill you. Don't be surprised. But rather, and here's the real kicker, rather, be of good cheer. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Rejoice inasmuch as you share my sufferings, because a servant is not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. They did their worst to me when I loved them, and look where I am now. I have overcome the world and am reigning at my Father's right hand. That's where you will be too if you remain in me and I in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.